Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. Out of all the hundreds and millions, and I don't know if there's billions, but there's definitely millions and millions of podcasts, you found art. And uh, for those returning, uh, welcome back. Uh, and I'm so glad, so happy, so happy about that. Um, very, very cool. I am very excited for today's episode because we have a fantastic filmmaker on with us who has a new movie. We were just talking off mic a little bit about it, um, about the release. I thought it was being released tomorrow, but it got released a little early. And so it's out, folks. It's out. And this is one, I have to say, this is probably one of my favorite comedies of, uh, well, it's really a tragedy, of, uh, of the year. And it's the end of the year. I have seen a lot of movies. And this one I just adored. I loved it. Um, very witty, very smart. Um, the, the name of the movie is Dragon Eats Eagle, and um, the writer, director, and producer of it, Mr. Noah Marks, is joining us today. Noah, how are you? I am doing fantastic. First of all, thank you so much for the kind words just now. Uh, I'm so glad you enjoyed, and uh, yeah, thank you for the opportunity uh, having me on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I saw the trailer. And I got the, the press pack, and, um, well, you know, Noah, being a writer and all, wrote this four-page doctoral thesis um, summary of the movie that went out with the, uh, the press. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's like two lines. It's like a sentence, and that's it. So I didn't know a lot going in. And I, I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh, okay, We're, we've entered the age of, you know, um, where entertainment is – uh, in the mainstream, kind of mocking Trump and, and all of that, as it should. It didn't surprise me, you know what I mean? It was kind of like all the horror, uh, the pandemic horror movies that came out about a year ago. Um, you know, you just see these trends and stuff. I was pleasantly surprised. The first uh, five minutes of the movie, I'm like, oh, we've kind of got the, uh, what the hell is the name of that movie? Um, I don't want to say it's like anything, but it had a, 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 a similar um, uh, point in that, uh, oh man, Henry Rollins, he played Kane and he had to eat meat. It was, it, you know, he was immortal. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. It was a fantastic movie. But your movie, the setup is brilliant, Noah. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so I wasn't expecting it. I was I not get, expecting I'm, it. Yeah, I I really appreciate it. Um, I, I I and yeah, that that was kind of like the whole reason why I didn't want to do it in the first place or even write it in the first place. So the the producer of it, like the financier who who you know was the one who you know financed the project, he came to me one time right. and he really my my earlier stuff. Um, and he was like, you know, you should do a movie about what's going on in the world and all that. And I was like, you know what, it's kind of low hanging fruit. Uh, it, it, you know, it's not very interesting to me. It, I don't even love, po- I don't like politics. I don't love politics. They're necessary. <laughs> um, but then I saw a film called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead with Tom, with, uh, uh, Tim Roth and Gary Oldman. And it was about these two guys who are kind of on the outskirts of the whole Hamlet play. And I thought that it would, just, oh, okay. what it would be a buddy comedy. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And it works. It's brilliant. Um, like I said, the setup, I don't want to give things away. I want people to watch it. But I just, I want people to know this isn't your typical, you know, and, and in, the, in, in one of the um, uh, press releases, too, it said Dr. Strangelove uh, was mentioned, in, and it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, because, you know, I recently, I don't know, maybe six months ago, rewatched Dr. Strangelove. My wife, had, my wife's about 15 years younger than me. She's She's young, and, and she'd never seen it, and I, I'm like, this is a brilliant comedy. You know, this is the, the whole nuclear pro, you know, issue, the Cold War and everything. 
she didn't get it at all, but, uh, you know, and didn't really care for it either. But I enjoyed rewatching it. And when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I don't know if anybody can redo Dr. Strange. I mean, you know what I mean? Or something on that, in that vein, on that level of comedy and, and satire. And um, you did, Noah. You knocked it out of the park. I was super impressed. I mean, listen, Kubrick is my director, you know, all time. So even even saying that I knocked it out of the park, even on a similar level, it, I mean, which is unfathomable to me. Um, I mean, that's a dream come true. So I, I appreciate that. But we had a lot of fun making it, you know. Well, it was great. It was great. And, you know, it was it, it did not come up. You know, it was interesting because the storyline, I think, is so um, – you know, this obviously wasn't done with a big, giant production. And I'm not saying it looked cheap by any means or anything like that. But um, you had great sets. Um, you know, the acting was phenomenal. Um, and it, 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 it really came across really well done. Um, but I could tell it wasn't, you know, Disney would – well, Disney wouldn't have been, I don't think, behind this. Although I did like that joke in there um, with the Chinese. <laughs> no, he- I think there was a lot more truth to your movie than maybe a lot of people realize. <laughs> Just as a an outsider looking in, um, it was fantastic. Uh, but but you know it really the storyline was so apropos and just fit so way. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I was laughing so much watching this. It was great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. And yeah, there, there is a lot of jokes like that, you know, like with the Disney stuff. With, with, it, there's a, you know, as you've seen it, there's a lot of one-liners and two-liners about certain, you know, historical, you know, ideas and, and also like things that mm. are going on in the world. And I always wanted the comedy to be based out of some sort of fact. So, you know, if anybody was like, oh, you can't say that, you can't say this, I mean, you know, I'll, as long as you do the unopinionated research towards points of information, there's not much anybody could say. I always say if someone tells you the sky is blue and you look up and it is, it might be, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm going to steal that quote. <laughs> steal it. Oh, man. I don't know where you live. Uh, no, I know you're in, uh, somewhere in New York um, uh, from my notes here, but I will tell you where I live. I live in the seventh borough of uh, New York, which is South Florida. Um, you know where every where all the older New Yorkians tend to move. Um, they're all my neighbors. Uh, a lot of Italian restaurants down here. That's all I'm saying, folks. That's all I'm saying. Good food. Uh, but yeah, it. Uh, you know, I am in the middle. Uh, me and my wife. It was so interesting after the 2016 election. Um, in our neighborhood, which is upper, you know, middle class, I'm probably the, I'm Native American. I'm probably the darkest person in our neighborhood. Um, and the thing is, is we are an island here uh, politically, like our, our house. That's pretty much it. Uh, I live 20 minutes south of Mar-a-Lago, if that get, paints any type of picture for those listening. Um, so, so you have an idea. And the interesting thing about this film is it didn't beat you over the head with a bunch of, oh, as you had mentioned before, low-hanging fruit. Well, yes, it's easy to make fun of people that were duped and tricked and blah, 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 and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, is your film didn't scapegoat the red side by any uh, the, the uh Oh, man, I can't remember if it was the raccoons or the beavers. I'm, I'm getting turned. I think it was the raccoons. Didn't scapegoat that side, which was very clever, by the way. Um, but what it did do is hold America to blame <laughs> for all of We're all guilty that all this stuff happened. And I, I thought that was very well done. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I really want, so there were scenes that I, yeah, like you said before, it you know, we didn't have a Disney sized budget, nor would they want to be behind anything like this. Um, but, um, there was a scene where the Chinese Supreme leader or second in command had a grandson. And, uh, in, in the original script, we had the grandson. I forget. There was something in production where I like, we just couldn't end up doing those scenes. I think it was something in casting. Um, 
but uh, we, mm. the scene basically were all metaphorical, and it was the Chinese supreme leader talking to his grandson, and the grandson's name was almost like an abbreviation of United States of America. So it was the supreme leader of mm. China talking exactly to the audience. So that was kind of uh, one of the things that I, I, uh, I, I'm upset that we couldn't put it in, but I'm very happy with the film as it is, so I'm not complaining, you know? No, yeah. Well, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And you snuck in the Royal Game. We didn't sneak it in. It's a pretty big plot, plot point. The Royal Game of Ur. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. I'm probably not. Uh, I hadn't thought about that game since college. I, I dated a crazy goth girl that was really into Mesopotamia. Yeah, I went to art school. What do you expect? Um, <laughs> since, I, since her. <laughs> since Bethany. Lovely Bethany. My wife's heard so many stories um, of how not to be. Um, yeah, the, the rural game of Earth, that's a real thing. And, and people, um, I hadn't thought about that in forever. Here it is in your film. Very cool, man. I, I just looked up what's the oldest board game in history. Uh, did some research, and I was like, you know what? It's a race. Uh, it's, it's, you know, two sides competing to get to the end of the game and i was like you know what uh, we get, we're gonna play around with that you know and we'll see if it holds any water and i know the the main two actors uh charlie ferrara and harrison marks two amazing fellas and uh super talented actors they were like you know you should you should put this more in the forefront you know instead of just something on the side that we're just playing in one scene and uh you know i thought about it more and and i said why not and so yeah that's kind of how it came with to be and uh now i'm pretty good at it that's awesome. I got to tell you, I watched your film. I'm like, yeah, I wonder if there's anybody selling these on Amazon. Sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a $35 purchase later, um, I bought myself a Christmas present. How about that? How about that? Just for my coffee table uh, here in the workshop. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, well, yeah, this was a cool film. Let me ask you, Noah. Now, you know, you're so good at what you do. Um, I, I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, growing up, were you like the, the, the video kid, the film kid? Did you know that this is what you were going to be doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was always, it's always been all like artistic endeavors in a way where like I started, well, first I always wanted to make movies <clears throat> and I started actually making music beforehand just because, um, mm. I wanted fun. So I always had that kind of creative spirit in a way so either you know if i couldn't ha you know afford a camera at the time or or you know uh, even like a big canvas to paint on i started just making music on my computer and uh that nice. was like at 10 you know but and then so i just kept watching movies i understood the film language i understood the feelings the aesthetics and then i got to college and i majored in finance because i was ignorant and naive enough to say i know so much about movies if my parents are going to pay to put me in school, then let me learn something to, you know, at least not put all my eggs in one basket. Right. Uh, right. And not a hero when you come home. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and, and, by the way, uh, yeah. And, uh, in um, uh, senior year of college, that's when I did my first feature film. Uh, I didn't go to class. Still graduated with my highest GPA, though. I'm not sure how that worked. But I didn't go to class, and we filmed my first feature, My Brothers and Friends. And uh, that was always my plan. Go to college, have a finance degree, make a movie while I'm there. Uh, and then I just kind of took it from there. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free if you're a VIP member. You can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Susan from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 
108 Rockstar Guitars, and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... P-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. Well, very, very smart. Very smart on your... You know, it reminds me, when I was a kid, my uh, my father was a mechanical engineer and an inventor and stuff, and he, um, he loved working on cars. I mean, he was a car guy. It was just nothing better to him then well until he bought a boat then it was cleaning the boat um geez well we anyway sorry i was having a flashback there of uh things <laughs> i didn't want to do as a teenager um but i did i hated working on cars i didn't like it you know i was a cool kid i was a new waiver it was the 80s i always had real fancy clothes i, I you know i didn't want to be working on cars and he'd always have me out there helping him and i used to tell him he's like you're going to need to know this in life I'm like, Dad, I'm going to be Picasso. I, I, I'll i pay somebody to do this. You know, are you kidding me? And, he, and he, I remember one time he, he set his socket down and he looked at me and he goes, yeah, but how will you know if they're ripping you off? And I didn't have a witty comeback answer for that. <laughs> and fast forward many years, many times, I am the guy now that all my friends call and hold their phone to the engine and say it's making this noise. You know, they... they they're saying I should replace this, you know, is that the right thing to do? And I'm so glad for that. And I bet that it's similar in your life with your degree in finance, you know, when you start, you know, dealing with distributors and producers and all the business side of the film business, you've got that background, you know, that's cool. I mean, that's a good ace in your hand. I, I completely agree, and I'm, I, I am very glad I did it. Sometimes I wish I took, you know, more film classes and things like that because I got I got on set one time on this thing, and they're like, oh, like, do we have a gaffer? I didn't go to film school. I know that, you know, the gaffer is the one who lights everything, but I literally did not know the term gaffer, and I'm sitting there being the director like, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I can swear, but I was like, I, I was like, oh, what the fuck is a gaffer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and by the way, more similar to your story, my father owned um, uh, some like local movie theaters, and I used to mm. go with him to work. And I used to just go from adventure to comedy to drama uh, while he was working on like the office above the theater in Morristown, New Jersey. And um, I, you know, very similar to you, where I, I, it's not like I didn't love the equivalent to Cars movies, but it was similar in that way you know right right it's so it's so funny i think about that stuff now you know i i've been professionally painting 
um, you know, it's how I put groceries in the in the pantry and stuff now. It, it, for, for probably 20 years. And I remember being that same period, my father was always, he's like, well, if you're going to be into this art thing, and we lived in Metro Detroit, where I grew up, he's like, why don't you get a job with one of the big threes? You can design cars. You know, you people get paid a lot of money to draw cars and, uh, you know, get into the design side of it. And of course, I didn't want to do it because my father was suggesting it. And, you know, it's, 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 I always say it's like gorillas on the hill. You know, you got the old silverback and he's in charge and everybody wants to knock him down and be the one in charge, um, especially with their own life. And it's so funny. One of my biggest collectors today is a car guy um, who I've been working for since 2015. He's, uh, you know, got more money than God and, and, and his hobby is collecting vintage race cars. And he has me paint them all. He has a big giant warehouse full of these really luxury, expensive race cars, and he's having a a portrait done above each one. And uh, he's a great client, you know, checks always cash, Um, you know, steady money. And, uh, you know, I was was working on one of the paintings the other day and uh, from his latest, uh, you know, editions, and I was thinking about my old man, and I'm going, well, here I am painting cars. I mean that's what incredible. Talking about. Uh, what you know. what artist what artist? Um, yeah, yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how things like that. You know, as you get a little older, you're like, yeah, maybe uh maybe pops wasn't so out there. You know, maybe he knew a, a thing or two. Well, one of the great actors in this is um, one of my favorite characters, and I have to ask because. I saw so many of um, our current uh, news entertainment people in this character. I'm talking about Mr. Uh, Rich Jonesy. Um, yes, Rich Jonesy. Did you, did you take inspiration as a thespian, as an actor, um, from, uh, you know, the people we see being sued these days? Uh, in the spotlight. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%, absolutely. And I'll tell you a funny thing about that. Uh, so I never wanted to play Jonesy in the first place. I really didn't. And we had an actor all set up to play him. Um, and, again, like casting, casting's tough. Casting was very tough for this one, even though we, we, we got, like, an incredible cast put together. There were some roles mm. that we, we – like, yeah, like the grandson and, like, the Jonesy character, but I always kind of part of me really wanted to play him in a way. Um, but, I yeah, definitely Alex Jones was a slight inspiration on the manic and mania of him. Um, I was also super inspired. I was I was super inspired by not not, like, a Jack Sparrow, but, like, if a Jack Sparrow was so – so nerdy and nobody liked him. <laughs> That's how I. <laughs> well, I did catch I did catch the the gay frog uh, joke in there too. That's what I'm like. Yep, yep, there he is. <laughs> yeah, we, we put at least we put one through line in. Hey, I, I, listen, I'm not the, I'm not a big fan of Alex Jones. I mean, like, listen, I watch him for. And I don't even want to get into it, but I watched him for strictly entertainment purposes. Um, I'm the same I, way. I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I find his demeanor and the way he speaks just absolutely incredibly energetic. And the way he just conveys ideas, regardless of what the ideas are, you feel his intensity and passion in them. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to have a character who is basically – and what's kind of contradictory about it, though, is that Jonesy is correct most of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of it was kind of like a redeeming, crazy, far-right uh, individual in a way. Um, but not even. Absolutely. Cause he was just, yeah. He was just a truth seeker, but yeah. also, paradoxically, he wears a fake mustache. Right. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I tell you all, I loved, I, I watched it so many times. My wife's like, will you turn that off? I'm sick of you hearing you cackle when that whole Kanye <laughs> interview. I'm like, geez, 
or yay or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, that, that was you gotta watch, entertainment for me. Yeah, you got to watch him with a distance in your heart for sure. But you can enjoy like when he goes on his rant about how like Native Americans and like Vietnams were all you know, and Vietnamese were all involved in like the Vietnam War using mind control. You right. just have to like sit like this is incredible stuff here. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I tell you the crazy thing, and your movie kind of reminded me of this. Uh, a few years ago, I used to make, I used to have a joke, and I'm not a comedian by any means or anything, but, you know, I'm pretty fun at parties, I like to think, and I keep getting invited to them, so maybe. Um, but there was a joke I used to tell about uh, uh, conspiracy theories and government involvement. And I, the joke was, wasn't a great joke. It was basically, you know, I, I've been to the DMV. Are you really going to think, you know, all these government people can keep a secret, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, that, that was the gist of the joke. And then Snowden happened. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not so funny or smart. Um, but it's crazy. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and I'm not by any means out there saying, you know, Jewish space lasers or anything like that, folks. Um, you know, <laughs> each conspiracy to a, to a, a, a minimum. But, yeah, it's weird when they when they turn out to be true. And and somebody yeah. crazy has a, a, a bite at that apple, you know. It's, it's, it's unnerving. <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah. And, and but there's a fine line. There is a fine line, they say, between, you know, madness and, you know, genius and crazy in a way, uh, like, you know, uh, like the whole Kanye thing. But there is a fine line because the great thing about um, being, you know, being out there and being like a different creative thinker is that you do have innovative ideas, but sometimes those ideas that are so out there in a way aren't as innovative as they are destructive. Innovation is one of creativity and, you know, um, the other one is full Gotta of destruction. It. So, so it is a fine line between yeah. creation and destruction with ideas. And so, you know, the, the, the craziest people could be genius, but then again, that genius could be, um, could have their, you know, heart in the wrong place. And that could be, you know, that could be devastating for those who they're influential over because some a lot of people in the world aren't, you know, critical thinkers. And just like in the film, it says they teach you how to read and write and hopefully not think. Uh, so the right. influential people are more dangerous. It's so true. It's so true. That reminds me of the high school I went to. Like I said, I grew up in Metro Detroit, So and this was in the 80s. And, and, and basically, our high school, we were not encouraged to go to college. Um, everybody, it was a, a factory of kids to go work at the auto uh, factories and companies. Um, you know, that was uh, everybody's big uh, push. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was very different. Yeah. And when I when she said that about not saying, I was like, oh, <laughs> been there, been there. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I remember losing parallel. friends when I went to college. They're like, oh, you think you're too good for us now? You know, college boy. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't think that. Um, only with a few. Only with a few. Um, <laughs> what a great film. Now, this is so on the nose and so apropos and done in such – I love film um, that is done with a commentary that makes you think. You know, you're thinking about it after you watch it and whatnot, uh, you know, uh, maybe days later even. And – but it isn't done in a oh what's the the famous famous director uh, he did a RoboCop Starship Troopers um, you know all those I can't remember Paul uh, oh, I can't think of his last name I think it was Dutch or something. I have my yeah, computer right here it, it, Paul uh, Burrow even um, Bur- is that it directed by Paul yeah it's a weird Burrow name even? I, yeah I've never heard but of him if you actually. watch like Oh, yeah, yeah. well, watch Starship Troopers. It is, uh, what a commentary on, like, fascism and all this kind of stuff. But it's done, it's there, but it's not preachy, you know? It's just, here's the world, and here it is, and, and here's this and that. 
And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.love S-H-A-C-K-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y dot com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. Ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime. And treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Your film, and maybe you disagree with me, but I don't think your film was preachy at all. It was like, well, it was believable because it is. Um, You know, it was just really well done, uh, the commentary. And I didn't come away from it thinking, oh, well, he spelled out who the bad guy is and who the good. There was no white or black hats in this, you know. (laughs) Even the two protagonists, you know, were kind of, you know. It had douchey moments in their existence, you know. It was uh, it's really well done, very well done. That's good yeah, writing. Want... Thank you, thank you so much. I, I, I and that's that was always 
what I was striving for in a way um, was that everybody's going to get made fun of a little bit, but also everybody's going to have a reason for like what they do. And the reason is going to be real. And so, yeah, it was basically that just this world, this grandiose play of political figures is going on. Everyone with their own, you know, wants and desires and needs. And, you know, these two guys who are immortal um, are complacent and a little lazy in their time period, just following orders. And in a way, for me, they represent a lot of um, a, a lot of American culture in a way where you are complacent mm-hmm. because you do have you do have a lot of pleasure and security and well-being right at your fingertips. But when you are have all of that, you become happy in servitude in some sort of way, you know, Um, and so they, to me, Mm -hmm. are the common, um, and that's why at the end, Bill, Bill English, the guy who plays the father of the zeitgeist, is saying, we're all the same, we're just common men, um, until, you know, some sort of critical thinking comes into play and asks yourself, why am I being complacent? Am I complacent? I don't know. And then from there, you can, you can make decisions, and who knows? But it's something just to ask yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it was, it was weird. I, I got, I was with my, I've been with, I'm one of those guys who's been with their wife, like, you know, a decade, you know, a long time. And we were together a long time before we got married. And it wasn't like we got married and then set up house. It was, we firmly had a house <laughs> established and then, you know, she has a Sicilian mother, you know, it was, it, it was time to get married. Um, we were tired of hearing about it. And and it was great. It, it, it's been great. Uh, but the thing is, before that happened, um, I got serious, man, with the election and whatnot. I was, what, what are the kids called? Doom scrolling, you know, where you're just consuming all of this. And it was really putting me in a shit mood. I was in a foul mood every day. I'm just like, oh, what next? You know, are you, what is wrong with people? Not because they weren't agreeing with an ideology. I just, they weren't agreeing with logic. You know, that was my whole thing. And um, it was just crazy. I was not a fun person to be around. And, you know, my wife was like, you need to figure this out, man, because I'm sick of hanging out with, I'm sick of hearing about it. You know? Um, Yeah. I worked from home. She'd come home from work and I'm like, Oh, well you wouldn't believe what such and such. Oh, you know? And, um, you know, I tell you, the saving grace is she got me a dog. And I know that sounds crazy, but the dog, it took me about a week of having the dog, the crazy dog, and I realized the dog was feeding off my energy and um, was was going crazy. So I started, I'm like, i got to take a break. i got to take a break from this, you know, um, because my dog is going to have wow. an aneurysm here. And uh, it really... I was able to to kind of pull myself out of of just being pissed off all the time at um, that stupidity. And uh, oh, don't don't get me wrong. There's still moments, um, but for the most part, and the dog calmed down too. It was amazing. Um, and I tell my and wife that. But, and that's what it was kind of doing to, to some people too that whole time period because. You know, it, it, it was, um, there's one part of the film, I'm sure you're familiar with, like, Plato's Allegory of the Cave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so... Watching when, the shadows on the wall. Yeah. Exactly. I loved it. So, and that's, that's kind of how I saw how everybody was, you know, inside and in their own idiosyncratic caves, and the two characters have that conversation uh, saying that, you know, you're watching the shadows of these political fires going on in the real, or at least what you consider the real world, and people are just taking that in and then fighting amongst themselves. And so, yeah, in a way, it was all of the United States to blame, in a way, for the, uh, for you know, the just kind of like the outrageous lifestyle that came came from it. And also, in the end, it never meant to be preaching anyway. I wanted people just to have fun with it. I wanted people just to be able to, like, sit mm. back and kind of just laugh at all the fun. Um, and, and not all the fun, but, you know, Absolutely. just the absurdity in it, because it was. It was totally absurd, and I just wanted people to, you know, think back, enjoy, um, and, and, and uh, you know, consider things. That's all. Not preach anything. Just consider ideas. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want everybody to watch this. We were talking a little bit before we went on uh, on, on the, the show here 
um, that I was not aware. This is out. It's on Amazon uh, Prime. And, uh, I, you know, I should have known something because when um, uh, October Coast PR sent me over the, uh, the screener link, um, it didn't have a bunch of passwords. Usually there's a whole bunch of, you know, I got to do a retina scan, um, turn the keys at the thing. No, I'm, I'm joking, folks. But there's usually <laughs> a password for films, especially if it hasn't been released yet. Uh, they don't want just anybody. Yeah. I, I have a thing it's where right. I can watch them, but I can't share it. You know, I couldn't go to somebody else's house and watch it. There's a record of that, you know. But um, this one didn't have all that, so I should have been aware. But this is out, right? It's on Amazon and um, also Tubi. One of my yep. favorite Tubi. channel apps. Yep, it is uh, Amazon Prime and Tubi. I absolutely love Tubi. Amazon Prime is great, it, but that's like pay-per-view. I believe it's you know one ninety-nine or three ninety-nine to buy. But right, I right, absolutely right. love Tubi. I've been ever since this film got picked up by Tubi. Um, I have been all over it. Uh, you know, it's completely free. Sure, there's advertisements, but by the way, advertisements are never going away for the history of man. Uh, that's just <laughs> the way it's going to be. It, 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 listen, it, it's a great, great platform. We do it. That's how we pay for the podcast, man. People always, and it's funny because everybody's starting podcast. Those who don't already have them are all starting them now, and they they're always emailing me. They're like, you know, how do I get advertisers for my? I'm like, well, do a thousand shows. You know, <laughs> it becomes a lot easier when you got a track record. You know, just like the film biz, if you got a bunch of stuff under your belt, you can say, eh, you know. Um, Here's what I've done. That's the key. Right here. Yeah, but we have we have a paywall, my Patreon. You know, if, if people go to the, that and sign up for that, well, yeah, they can listen to podcasts without uh, – I don't think a lot of people that are – there's other stuff on there, but I don't think a lot of people are, are signing up for that just so they're like, oh, we don't have to listen to the ads on the podcast. You know, they don't get shit. Um, you know, they, they listen. And I think Tubi has – it's the same type of deal. Oh, well. Gives me a chance to get up and make a sandwich, you know, when the ad's on. That's fine. Absolutely. Uh, I have this theory that the world is just going to revert back to what it was, like, before, like, this big technology thing. So, like, you got Uber, right? But then after Uber, mm-hmm. you got Uber. Soon you're going to have Uber buses with Uber bus stops. You know, it's just, right. you know, and then you went from streaming platforms to no ads. Now everyone's sick of paying ad fee, uh, you know, or, like, streaming fees. So they're going to go back to ads for free. Uh, you know, and have the ads play. Oh, so everything's just going to go back to what it was 20 years ago. History repeats itself. Absolutely. I was just watching that uh, that new Gibson uh, TV series on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's uh, William Gibson, uh, I guess, wrote a book, and they based it. It's a TV show. And they have uh, – was there an ad before it played or something? But I thought it was very smart on Amazon. I'm like, man, they, they need to get on this because that's a good idea is it had a direct thing where you could click with your remote control and get right to whatever it is they were advertising because they were selling it too. And are you talking about, thought, huh? Are you talking about peripheral, the peripheral, the peripheral. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. And I noticed that right before it played, they had a commercial, I don't know, for some kind of getting it or something. Um, you know, and it was like, hit this button on your remote and it'll, you can get to the page to buy this. And I'm like, Amazon needs to stop with the streaming fees. I, I don't know what it is. We pay, I don't know, 100 bucks a year or something, 100 and change or something. Um, so, you know, to have it. But um, I, I'm like, they, they could phase that out and just do direct ads. That, that was, you know, commercials. Yeah, like you're saying, you know, go back to the way it used to be. <laughs> what a weird fallout type reference the world turning you know it just circles around just circles around it's crazy yeah it's crazy it's uh but just so people know i'll be putting the direct links for uh amazon and tubi we don't have them on our show page as soon as the show's over folks we'll have those up and those links follow the show when this goes out to spotify and all those places those stay active, so you can just click right on them and, and, and get there. And I'll be posting the links on my social media as well. I want everybody to watch this. What a great holiday movie to put on, um, you know, before the football game comes on. It, it's the holidays. You're, you're all there. With, put this film on, you know. Um, I, I don't know if your crazy racist uncle will dig it, but uh, he might. He might. 
in his own way, <laughs> you know. Oh. He might. He might. He might. No, but yeah. thank you. I, was right, I, I really, I, was I really appreciate all of the kind words that you said about the film. It, it, you know, and it, you're really genuine, and uh, you know, it, it means a lot to me that you know people are people are really enjoying it. You know, like you said, it's not you know the it was well, it's not the biggest budget in the world, but it was the biggest budget that I got to work with so far, and it really was. Uh, not only am I super happy with the film itself, it, it was a huge kind of a coming of age almost moment for me as well. So uh, not only does the film mean a lot to those who watch it, but also it means a ton to me. Um, and so, yeah, I really appreciate all the words that you said. Absolutely. And, you know, this doesn't, I don't want to get people to have the impression that this is some highbrow film. Um, uh, it's a smart film. It's very smart. And um, it, it carries anyone along the lines. Yeah. You might miss, you might miss the, the joke about Pompeii or whatnot. You know, you might miss that if you don't know that in a historical context, but you ain't going to miss any of the action or any of the other jokes there. You know what I mean? It, it's whatever your level is. This film uh, is very malleable in that it applies to the audience, I think um, on so many different levels. And to me, that's good art. That is good art. Noah, <laughs> you did it. Hey, man. that's what we do it for. I'm telling what a what a great film. Well, like I said, I'll be posting those. Um, and of course, um, you know, those links will be active, like I said, and you can you can watch this, folks. It's it's fantastic. And yeah, you know, this uh, this is uh, such a funny film and such a such a cool film that um, and it's it's just a cool film. I just think that this film will be you know when you're Spielberg level, Noah, and whatnot. This is going to be one of those films like, hey, check, have you checked out this uh, Noah's early work, Dragon Eats Eagle? Uh, you know, you want to check this out, you know, and everybody's like, woo, you know. Kids are going to be reacting to this on YouTube, <laughs> you know, and annoying you. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, now, I have to ask, I know how you Hollywood types can sometimes be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kidding, but... Um, you know, I, I understand the business of it a little bit in that uh, sometimes you can't talk about uh, upcoming projects and whatnot until they're secured, until uh, uh, T's are crossed and I's dotted. Is there anything upcoming that you can mention? Because I want to see more of your work um, now and tell us about that we can anxiously await. Or are we just focused on Dragon Eats Eagle? So obviously, you know, we're doing a ton of marketing for Dragon Eats Eagle. That comes with the <clears throat> that comes with the business. Uh, that comes with the art, especially in the film business. You know, the movie is when the movie is done, it ain't done. Uh, and so I learned mm. that. Uh, but next, I so I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to do science fiction. Like not even just. I've always wanted mm. to do it. Like try it out. No, like my my main. Uh, attraction to film is like the psychological and science fictional fantasy worlds. Um, and obviously those come with slightly larger budgets. Uh, and so we are working right now though, um, me and uh, a screenwriter, actually a couple screenwriters right now, um, and a lot of VFX artists to start building the world of which the next film will take place. Uh, and we have the story. Now we're just ironing out the details and seeing uh, when it comes on. I'm not going to say a name, but it's going to be great. Nice. Nice. Well, that sounds right up my alley uh, and stuff that I love. So I am, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be watching Noah. I'm going to be watching. I'm so, I'm so inspired by you um, and, and impressed. You know, your work's fantastic. What I've seen so far, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, sir, I know, man, this went by quick. We were just talking about this before the show started. I'm like, well, we'll give you plenty of time before the next one and whatnot. I know, computer. I I don't know if you guys can hear that. For those listening at home, my computer tells me when when I'm running out of time, and we're running out of time. Noah Marks, ladies and gentlemen, uh, filmmaker extraordinaire. Thank you, Noah, so much for taking time to be on the show, and thank you for making this film. I was thoroughly entertained. That it, thank you so much, Jamie, and uh, thank you, Pop Rocks Radio, and 
Yeah, I, I listen. Being thoroughly entertained—that is the—that is the key. That is the key. That's all I want. All I want is, you know, one of my friends watched the movie with his family. I was like, did I get a laugh? That's all I said. I was like, did I get one laugh? That's all. Did I get one cry? One swear? any sort of emotional evocation? Evocation? I don't even know what the word is. But thank you. I, I really appreciate all the kind words you've said and. Uh, Thank you for having me on and being able to talk about it. I love the film. and uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know you have so much free time on your hands. Anytime you want to come on and talk uh, projects you're doing or, um, you know, if you just want to talk science fiction or something, <laughs> or film in general, <laughs> or historic parables, let me know and we'll get you back on now <laughs> because you're a fantastic guest. Thank you so much All for right. being on. All right, thank you, you so much. Have a great rest of your day. All right, Jamie? You too. Well, folks, that's going to wrap right. it up for us. Uh, that was Mr. Noah Marks, Dragon Eats Eagle. Like I said, I'm going to be posting the uh, direct link so you can watch this, man. You can watch it. What a great Christmas gift, too. If you know somebody who, um, you know, has been following this stuff and, well, you know, how can you not, right? Uh, this was our world. But, um, you know, I would have liked to get this as a Christmas gift. And, you know, you can do it on Amazon. You can, all you need is their email. And, uh, you know, very, very cool. Very, very cool film. Um, I Like I said, one of my favorites of the year. I really, really enjoyed this one, uh, folks. So that's going to wrap it up for us. This episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push it out on all of our social media uh, platforms and on all the podcasting platforms we're on. We finally did it. I don't know if it's because of this film or whatnot. Um, but we are now officially, <laughs> I had this doom metal band on last week and, uh, you know, they heard that we're officially on 665 different podcasting platforms. Well, folks, I got the email yesterday or Saturday, not yesterday, Saturday, and we are now on 666, um, <laughs> podcasting platforms. So, hey, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't find anything in blood, so, I, you know, don't worry. Um, but, uh, yeah, crazy. Craziness. Okay, folks, that's going to wrap it up. We will see you tomorrow. We've got a fantastic singer-songwriter on tomorrow, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, very, very cool. See you then. Remember the world's still kind of a bit of a weird place. Be patient with people. Be nice. And like the old, you know, all our grandmas told us, the old uh, adage, treat people how you would like to be treated. Very simple. Very simple. Okay, well, have a good one. We'll see you next time. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, de Harry Hicks from Sverige. Ocnilis Natil Pop Rocks Radio. Made Jamie Rocks. Love Talk Radio.